going to continue with the You Make Me Crazy series. Um, initially, I thought, I was like, I thought I had more pressure on me than I, than I thought I would because I thought I was going to be the anchor. And I was, I'm glad because there's somebody else coming after me. <laughs> so there's less pressure to crystallize the thought. <laughs> <laughs> say what the Lord is saying. Uh, you could just stand with me. Uh, we're coming out of Proverbs 17, chapter 14, verse, New American Standard Bible. That's what we're coming out of. I just like the way this chapter this, uh, this communicates. If you got to say amen. Yeah. All right. It's going to be sweet and simple. The beginning of strife is like letting out water. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. That's it. You can take your seat in the presence of God. My title for today is The Pain We Choose. The Pain We Choose. You thank the Lord for that because I had a Another one that I couldn't, it's not, not, not good for Sunday morning, so <laughs> pocketing it for a podcast or something. But, uh, the pain we choose. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Since New Year's Eve, uh, my wife and I have not been able to live in our home. Uh, there was a leak in the master bathroom. We told the landlady about, landlady about it in October. She had people come out to look at it immediately. But because the people she chose did the bare minimum to diagnose the issue, it took six visits for those people to find the source of the leak. By that time, it was only a leak in the master bathroom that's now spread out. The damage was so great that the whole bathroom needed to be reconstructed, drywall included. Come on, say that's expensive. Yes, sir. Good thing it wasn't on my tab. Hey, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. But, so to ring in the new year, we've been displaced. Mm -hmm. Our living patterns disrupted, mm -hmm. facing frustration, anxiety, mm -hmm. and discomfort, and all because the effort was not made to find out and fix the leak when it was just a leak. Come on, man. Now, if you look at our situation and you think that it's just about our situation, then you would have missed the point of the story. Yeah, a bunch of leaks. How many of you have felt or are feeling displaced, disrupted, frustrated, anxious, and, and, and uncomfortable in life and in your relationships because there was a lack of effort to stop the leaks of disagreement, discord, and conflict before it grew and sunk the marriage, before it uprooted a long-standing friendship, before it dissolved the business partnership, before it became a shouting match at the office, before it caused the hopes and dreams of a virgin and romance to shrivel up and die like a raisin in the sun, before it harpooned the peace in your house to the point that there's no longer a family, y'all just excellent roommates. And then to go through that pain only to realize that the Sheol, the Gehenna, the Inferno, the hell you've been experiencing could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. There are few worse feelings to have than the one that comes over you when you realize your pain was optional. But that's the pain we choose, whether we know it or not. Every time we choose to leave an argument, a disagreement to fester, we choose pain. 
Every time we decide that it's not that big of a deal, we choose pain. Every time we say that we just that they just need to get over it, we choose pain. Come on, Tom. Listen, listen. Every time we're passive aggressive and we beat around the bush, talking to everyone except the person we got a problem with, we choose pain. Every time we dismiss people that don't disagree with us as haters, we choose pain. And not just pain for us but also those that are connected to the issue that we may or may not know about. Mm -hmm. Because much like the leak that was in our house, mm -hmm. disagreement, dispute, discord can spread to untold places and grow wow. to unimaginable yeah, lengths, yeah. flooding our future with death and destruction. Oh, yeah. You, you could have had that job. Some, well, someone in HR saw your resume and remembered how that issue between you and their second cousin worked out. You never know how unaddressed issues could affect your future or your present. Sometimes you can recover, but sometimes you will have to reconstruct your whole life, all because we chose not to address the matter when it was just a leak. Just a leak. But if this text teaches us that the that some of our relational pain is a choice, then this text also tells us there's another choice we can make. And that choice is peace. Peace that's not just the absence of anxiety or anger or frustration, but the peace that's the presence of order and of purpose. The peace that says, I'm going to do things God's way. The peace that says, I don't have to be right on everything to get along with people. The peace that allows you to be the adult in the room and that is not concerned with getting even, but about setting the standard so that reconciliation can take place. Because that is our purpose, is it not? Is it not? Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter and the 20th verse, talks about the ministry of reconciliation that God has committed to us and how we are Christ's ambassadors mm -hmm. as though God were making his appeal through us that the world be reconciled to right, him. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How then are we to be agents and, and ministers of reconciliation when we can't learn how to get along and choose peace with one another? Right. So today we're going to learn how to find and fix the leaks in your house. Come on, help. We're going to learn how to choose peace with others, because God desires that we be effective at this reconciliation ministry he has given us, that he has entrusted to each of one of us. There are three types of people that, as it relates to choosing peace uh, and fixing leaks. The first type is what the Bible calls fools. These are the people that seem to function at best when dysfunction abounds. When things are going well, they get restless and are anxious for the opportunity to create disorder and chaos. They are combative. They talk before listening. They wear their feelings on their sleeve. They dish it, but they can't take it. Some of us have fools for friends. When you always got to pull them away from a fight at the club, you have a fool for a friend. When they pop up at the mouth before thinking, always eager to share their opinion without consideration of the context of where they are, you may have a fool for a friend. If they never back down from a conversation and wear that as a badge of honor, you may have a fool for a friend. If they slander people under the guise of a prayer request, you may have a fool for a friend. If they're harsh with words without any consideration for people's feelings or the nature of relationship and call it being their authentic selves, you may have fool for a friend. 
Now, this is not to say that none of us may have been guilty of doing those things at some point in our life, but if someone has a sustained pattern of behavior and proven, rec proven record of reckless behavior, the Bible declares that they have taken up residence in the land of foolery. <laughs> And what does the Bible say about fools? What of God says, leave the presence of a fool, or you will not discern words of knowledge. That's Proverbs 14 and the 7th verse. You can't reason with these people, let alone reconcile with them. Until they're ready to submit to the wisdom of God, until they get tired of the life they lead, you have no common ground with them. Not as to the belief of the people of God. But some of them, some of us, still have them in our lives. And why is that? Because we know they're entertaining. We claim to give spice to our lives and events and gatherings, but your involvement with them can disrupt and distract from the reef, from the wisdom God is trying to impart into your life to take you to your next level of living in Him. Because you are in their presence, you are not able to discern God's wisdom and words of knowledge for your future. And guess what? God won't remove them because you will. want peace, you have to get to a point to where you say, I ain't going to the club with you. Another club with you. Not, I, mean, I ain't saying you ain't got to go to the club, just you can't go with them. They don't know how to act. You may have to make a decision not to pick up the phone. You have to look at the text, look at the post, and keep scrolling. You have to make peace your new address, and when you do that, when you dismiss craziness from your life, God will replace them with people around you that model what he's trying to take you. Turn to your neighbor and say, leave crazy in January 2020. February 9th is the new year. The new year of peace. Amen. The next group of people I like to call the foresight group. These are the people that say, I could, I could choose peace if I had a heads up on the craziness coming my way. I could fix the leak if I knew that it was coming. And while there are ways, and we'll get into this, that, that a leak is likely to happen, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that life does not always allow you to see trouble coming. Sometimes you have to deal with conflict as it comes. Co-workers popping up at the mouth, don't they? they don't pistol themselves in on your schedule. Sometimes we need to talk comes right when you just laid your head down on your pillow. And it is in those moments that you had to have chosen peace yeah. before that conflict arises. Yeah. Peace has to be your aim before the leaks spring up. Yeah. I had a moment with my wife several months ago when I picked up from work and on the way home, and it, it, man, it happened so fast. We had a bit of a spat about something on a Facebook post. And before I got too invested into making my case, I said to myself, I was like, you know, we've had more civil discussions about more important matters. <laughs> I refuse to let Facebook destroy the peace of this thing. I got too few minutes to spend with my life to let a Facebook post consume our time together. So I, you know what 
I decided to do, y'all, I, I decided to change the subject. I was like, this is, this is a moot point. Because what we're not going to do is waste the few minutes we get to see each other on a Facebook post. But if I hadn't chosen to be at peace with my wife before the situation, I would not have realized, I would not have had the presence of mind to pause, to evaluate, and escape craziness. Now, even though foresight is not always achievable, there are some indicators where a leak, a conflict, can likely happen. Mm -hmm. right. It's like a leak in a house. Mm -hmm. A conflict can spring up when there's, number one, poor construction. Right. Yeah. Conflict can for sure arise when you fail to build a relationship with the right materials. Yeah. Yeah. Values like truth. Values like trust. Mm -hmm. Values like respect, yeah. love, yeah. honor. Yeah. And when you don't establish common ground and check for shared values before deciding to involve parts of your life with that person, yes, you are bound to set yourself up for conflict. Yes. When you expect more from people than what they are capable, you set yourself up for leaks. Yes. Some of us here have made associates out of and out of more um, made associates and colleagues our confidants, yes. and they can wonder why they know more about you than you know about yes. them. Yeah, yeah. You have a poorly constructed relationship. Someone holler with me to stop the leaks. The second reason leaks spring up is when there is storm damage. Sometimes when the ground receives too much water during a storm, it can cause the, the foundation of a house to shift, placing excessive strain and stress on the pipes, which can lead to leaks. Tragedy, trauma can happen to someone you know that leaves them forever changed in the ways that they may not ever be able to communicate. Mm -hmm. All these can fundamentally shift the foundation and core of who a person is. And what just used to be normal conversation between the two of you are now triggers that were developed during their storm. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you have leaks, you have conflict, there's stress and strain on the relationship as you stumble through trying to know your friend all over again. Yeah. Choosing peace in this situation may mean it may require you to exercise patience. Mm. It may require just your presence, no words. Mm. Give them space if needed. But, but you must, but what you must do is crucify your desire to get back to the way right, things right. used to be. Yeah, yeah. Those days are gone. Mm. If that person means anything to you, they are worth taking the time to learn how to be there for them in their new season. Mm. That's right. Yeah, and number one, to the, we had full construction. Number two, talked about how there's storm damage. And number three, the, th the third reason that leaks can occur is negligence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not tragedy or trauma that, can ch that changes a person. It's simply that person is evolving and we're slow to discern their evolution because we've dealt with them on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And now we engage in a conflict because we're dealing with someone that we knew 10 years ago yeah. and not the person today. Yeah. I'm going to use my wife as an example again. We, when we began talking, I noticed, now when I say notice, I start with the FB page, <laughs> that her favorite color was purple back in college. Mm -hmm. And so I asked if that was her favorite color, just to be sure. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. It was orange at that point. <laughs> now, I've never heard of, of favorite colors changing. I, it might have been blue since as long as I can remember. <laughs> Uh, now, I get a pass because I was getting to know her mm -hmm. about getting her favorite color messed up. But what if we were together all that time and one day I show up with some purple flowers mm -hmm. and then she tells me the orange has been her favorite color for two years? 
Somebody say, now we got to leave. Because I haven't been paying attention. And when we choose peace in this situation, it means we have to pay attention. We have to do a better job of keeping up and being more observant of the people in our lives, in our circle, in our corner. Never stop being a student of the people in your life. Regularly, regularly maintain the houses that are your relationships. So we just talked about fools. We talked about those people who have that want foresight. And now we're going to talk about the third and final group, and that's fixers. These are those people that say, you know what, I simply just need to know how to handle conflict when I see it. I don't need to know exactly when it's going to happen or how to be prepared for it. I just need to know what it takes to fix it when it happens. So how can I be a fixer? First, I need to seek to understand. Comprehension is key in solving conflict. James 1, James the first chapter in the 19th verse tells us that to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And it goes on to say in verse 20, for the anger of man or the anger of, of a person does not achieve the righteousness of God. What does that mean? We got to listen in conflict. It empowers us to have the right response that honors God in every relationship. How do we listen? We have to seek to understand the issue. I'm sorry. How do we, um, seeking to understand the issue gives you a clearer picture mm -hmm. of the issue mm -hmm. and establishes goodwill for reconciliation. Mm -hmm. When you engage the other party in a non-threatening, non-judgmental tone, no pointing the fingers, no seeking to blame the other, you communicate genuine concern for understanding that other person's point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not always... I think we have to understand this as people. We're not always operating with the same level of understanding about a situation. Right. Right. If two people are looking at a picture mm -hmm. and can walk away with different interpretations mm -hmm. of what that piece of art means, mm -hmm. then can we, is it reasonable to assume mm -hmm. that we are on the same page about any given situation but not taking the effort to clarify right. no. what we all just seen? No. And who knows? And maybe in your effort to understand that you may find out that you are the one that lacks understanding. You are the one that you had the picture wrong. And when this happens, number two, we have to learn how to be honest. When you're found to be in the wrong for the sake of peace, you got to fight through any potential feelings of embarrassment, fight through any potential feelings of shame, and own up to it. No excuses. No gaslighting. Uh, there's a colorful saying that was used to illustrate, but I, I created a clean saying for, for the sake of 11, 11 o'clock. It says, don't pour lemonade on me and tell me it's raining. <laughs> don't, don't have me fertilize me and tell me it's brownies. In other words, don't insult people's intelligence by acting like you didn't say or behave how they perceived you did. If they were right about your speech or your behavior, it's best to be honest. If they were not, then share your intent. And do not dismiss, at the same time, do not dismiss or discount what they perceived you said and how they received the words and actions. Yeah. Because that can be speaking to the triggers that they may have for what you say. Yeah. And when you say things like, I can see how you could get to that, or I hate that's what you gather from that, but that was not my intent. Right. 
that goes a long way to establishing fertile ground for communication and reconciliation. Amen. Y'all heard of the lady that uh, supposedly lost her job when she uh, when she missed, I guess, what she called the, the Los Angeles Lakers and Los oh, Angeles uh-huh. N-words. Yeah. Y'all heard about that? Yeah. 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 I believe she would have had her job today if she would have owned up to it instead of saying that she said makers. <laughs> she was trying to say, you know, I can I conflated the two, you know, I was trying to say mix and Lakers, so I said makers and I was like, man. I try I really try really hard to hear what she but I, I couldn't, man. And at, and at that moment, man, I was just like, you know what, you insulted our intelligence. Because we all heard what was Say We know what niggas sound like. <laughs> Nigga, please. <laughs> so, look at you, but don't lose your job. Insulting people's intelligence. She added insult to injury. By playing like she, we didn't hear what she really said. Be honest. So fixers, fixers seek to understand. They are honest. And when a resolution can't be reached, they make peace. Sometimes you're not going to see eye to eye after the heart to heart. But you guess what? Peace is still the mandate. Paul says in Romans, the 12th chapter, the 18th verse, it says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. This means that no matter what the other person decides to do, God still requires you to walk the path of peace. That means even when they're running them out, you don't run yours. That means even when they don't want to come to an agreement, you say, God bless you and behave with them in a way that leaves the door open for reconciliation at a later time. It means to bring the battle before God so that he can give you the peace to move forward and not be bitter. It means having to possibly, God forbid, relocate to another area of ministry or go into another service if you have to create distance for healing to take place. We only got one service here, so you just got to figure it out. (laughs) We don't want to lose you, man. Just tell us what it is and we'll figure it out. Because God is not the author of confusion. And what we do not get to do is create strife and division in the body because we don't want to do what's necessary to maintain our sanity and our witness for others that need to see the God in you as you deal with the situation. Because our peace costs too much to sacrifice it on the altar of pride. Isaiah 53 and 5 talks about how the chastisement of our peace was upon Christ. Look at what Jesus had to go through for your peace. He came down from heaven through 42 generations for your peace. He was born in a manger, in a stall, in a stable, on the run from a government trying to kill him for your peace. He was raised in the hood of Nazareth for your peace. He spent his whole ministry dealing with slow-minded, cussing, cutting, cowardly disciples for your peace. He was betrayed by one of them and denied by another for your peace. He was judged in a kangaroo court as if he had committed high crimes and misdemeanors for your peace. He was beaten and whipped 
with a peace. He was, he and a stranger named Simon of Cyrene carried across down a dusty road up to a hill called Calvary for your peace. He had nails driven in his hands and his feet for your peace. He was mocked and despised from the sixth hour to the twelfth hour from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for six whole hours for your peace. But that's not how the story ends. Three days later, God raised him up with all power in his hands, with all power in his feet, with power in his mind, so that the Prince of Peace can give you his peace. Look at the conscious, concerted effort of heaven for your peace. It's too precious to make any other choice. Don't be a fool. Choose peace. Fix the peace. Amen? Amen. Amen.